This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. With me and back with me this week, Naz Marchese. Naz, welcome back. Thanks, Wally. Glad to be back. Great to, great to have you. Uh, of course, we're live on this Sunday morning from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Naz, uh, yeah, you were away last week and you didn't get to put your two cents worth in about the Phil Kessel trade. And uh, we have to afford you that opportunity because I know you've had this bottled up anger in you that you want to get it out of you. So I know it's uh, it's a week later, but tell us your thoughts uh, on, the, on the Phil Kessel deal. For a guy that uh, was a top 10 scorer in the, all of the NHL for the last five years, they didn't get enough for him, Wally. That's uh, the issue. Not that they, they traded him, but I don't think they got enough for him. Yeah, I don't think Phil Kessel created, and I certainly we don't want to belabor that. There's other things we have to talk about, and we'll sort of uh, get uh, get get over this uh, as quickly as we can. But uh, Phil Kessel uh, uh, didn't seem to make too many friends in this city, certainly not publicly. Although you know there are there have been uh, reports that he did do a lot of community work that went unreported. So if he did that, we certainly compliment him for that. But uh, didn't seem to endear himself to the uh, blue and white faithful, so not too many tears were shed. But uh, uh, you and I, Naz, were just talking about this, and, and if this results in a strategy that you and I discussed... Uh, Which is, I think, real. Yeah, so uh, t- tell, us, uh, tell us your thoughts on what, where, where this Phil Kessel uh, deal may end up a year from now, if what it, the end result might if be. If it leads to uh, getting salary, sal- uh, relief, cap relief to sign Stephen Stamkos, I full-heartedly agree with the deal. Because I don't think Stamkos is going back to Tampa Bay I, I, after after next season. I really think he's coming to Toronto. So certainly, if uh, if uh, Brendan Shanahan and and Kyle Dubas and Mark Hunter, if that's their strategy, certainly pat them on the back. If if this uh, if this seven if this is about freeing up the seven million dollars and then taking that seven million dollars and writing a check to Steve, Steve Stamkos, part of it, he, part he, of it. Of course, it'll cost more than. You'll have my full uh, my full backing for that, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Certainly, uh, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour this morning. The CFL season is in high gear. The Toronto Argono- Argonauts have had a great start. We've got a couple of guests coming up on the show this morning that uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about CFL and the Argos and and some other things. We've got uh, Don Landry. Remember, Don Landry was a former morning man with with Pat Marsden and with Gord Stellick on the Fan 590 for the longest period of time. I was certainly a big fan of that show and certainly yeah. missed Don Landry and Pat, God rest his soul, and, and Gord Stellick. Uh, certainly looking forward to talking to Don Landry and catching up with Don Landry. And uh, we, at the middle of the hour, we've got Jeff Johnson. Jeff, uh, perhaps 
you'd like to uh, say a few words about yeah, Jeff? Jeff Josh? is a two-time Great Cup champion, former Argo, and now he is the color man for TSN Radio for the Argo. So we'll be talking to him today. And he's uh, he's in Calgary, I believe. The he is Ar- in Calgary. Yeah. Argos are playing the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, I think it's tomorrow night, and. Uh, uh, he's out there, and we're certainly looking forward to talking to Jeff Johnson, TSN co-anchor with Mike Hogan, and uh, talking about the great Toronto Argonaut start. Um, Pan Am Games started uh, uh, this Friday, and I thought it, I thought it was uh, a really, really impressive ceremony. Yeah, it was really good. Um, nobody seemed to be talking about the Pan Am Games before uh, before Friday. Uh, ticket sales weren't the best. Everybody was complaining about traffic and HOV lanes and money spent and budgets and uh, expense accounts. The HOV lane is a little silly, though, I think. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, it certainly cost me a lot of aggravation trying to get downtown Tuesday night. That and uh, between the HOV lane and the U2 concert, it took me an hour and a half to do a normal... Oh, you're a U2 guy. No, wow. I wasn't going to U2 concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to visit. Uh, I had to visit my dear daughter and son, and uh, and they they uh, live in downtown Toronto. And uh, I got caught in a maelstrom of traffic Tuesday sure night, and I was sure I was seething pretty bad. But uh, Pan Am Games, uh, you know, we're showing off Toronto, and uh, I thought I thought it was an incredibly impressive. Yeah, it was incre- incredibly impressive opening ceremony. It touched a lot of the right notes, and I want to talk about. The part of that ceremony, of course, I get I get a chill up my spine every time I see a Canadian flag at a at a sporting event. I'm sorry, but you know I'm I'm a, I'm a proud Canadian. I I love to see the Canadian flag unfurled at uh, at these events. Uh, it really does sometimes bring a tear to my eye. And uh, what almost brought a tear to my eye was uh, was the lighting of the flame when uh, it certainly was an incredibly poignant moment for me. When uh, when the flame was handed to Andrew Wiggins, and then to Steve Nash, yeah, I, I don't think they could have done it any better. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, it, well it, done. Was, it was. It was. It was wonderful. It was. A, it was a meshing of the present and the past. Uh, it was. It was a passing of the torch in 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 the greatest tradition of the Montreal Canadiens. It was. And it was it was almost it wasn't it was almost a reverse passing of the torch. It was Andrew Wiggins, who is who's Canada's great basketball player now, passing it to Steve Nash, who has done so much for basketball in Canada and for being one of Canada's greatest athletes ever. And I just I just found that just a striking moment, and it was a perfect and fitting conclusion. Um, so we hope the Pan Am games are successful over the course of the next couple of weeks. We know that Toronto is a world-class city, and we will host the Pan Am games befitting the world-class city that we are. We're about to go to break. Uh, we'll be back right after break with Don Landry. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast-dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> Pound three six three six no pound three six three six no Come on baby pound three six three six Come on baby pound three six three six Let's go ring to it Call Pizza Bill on your cell phone at pound three six three six 
With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North Deck Systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're live at from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to have with, with us this morning Don Landry. Don, will, you will remember him being the morning man on uh, the Fan 590 with Pat Marsden and, of course, with Gord Stelic. And, of course, uh, Don's now involved uh, doing some PA announcing with the Toronto Argos, some work with ESPN and CFL. And, uh, Don, we're certainly... A pleasure for us to have you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm fine. It's great to be here, guys. How are you? We're, we're great. Thanks so much for joining us. And I've got to tell you, Don, 
Uh, I miss you. I really do. Uh, I listened to you on the air on Fan 590 with, with Pat and with Gord for so many, so many years. I woke up with you in the morning. My wife would get all upset when the first <laughs> voice I would listen to in the morning was Don Landry and Pat Marsden. So you <laughs> certainly are missed, and we'd love, uh, we'd love for you to tell our listeners what you're up to these days. Well, it's very kind of you to say I appreciate that. Those were, uh, were great days, and I, I did often hear from girlfriends or, or wives that uh, they knew who I was too, but only because their husband or boyfriend listened all the time. And uh, the best compliment we would get sometimes would be that uh, she'd go on to say, you know what, it's okay, I don't mind listening. Um, well, I, I uh, do uh, an awful lot more writing than broadcasting these days, although I do uh, some freelance broadcasting right now. I'm involved uh, with Sportsnet once in a while during the curling season, doing uh, some play-by-play of curling events in Alberta, the championships for the men and the women. A lot of writing for uh, CFL.ca, for the Argonauts website as well, and uh, I write for Yahoo Sports too. And I do occasionally do the the odd bit of radio work in Toronto. I'll be back in August to uh, work uh, not at uh, Zoomer. Um, well, you've got an open invitation to come on our show, Don, so anytime you, you want to drop in here, you're welcome. But go ahead. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, we want to ask you uh, about your years at the Fan 590. You had... Uh, uh, of course, you started with with uh, with Pat, and uh, Pat, of course, was an iconic sports announcer in the Toronto area. I, I remember Pat Marsden from the from the '60s at CFTO and uh, with uh, in the CFTO uh, Fergie Oliver days, and uh, he was certainly a, a legend in the Toronto scene. And uh, you started off with him. Tell us about uh, how you got your relationship with going with Pat and uh, what it was like working with him. I owe him a lot. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, at, at the time that I was was uh, given the Fan 590 Morning Show co-hosting spot beside Pat, I'd actually been working for about a year and a half, maybe two years as the, the sports update guy on the show. Uh, John Derringer, of course, was uh, the co-host with Pat, and uh, he abruptly quit one day, left. Uh, I remember him coming into the uh, the newsroom and just saying to me, it's been nice working with you, I'm leaving. And I started laughing, thinking he was joking. And then uh, Nelson Millman, the program director, uh, just walked in and said, you're in tomorrow. And um, so I kind of slid in that way. I, they had me do it a, on a trial basis. Pat and I got along. Pat backed me. He was wonderful about that. I know that he uh, he went to the wall for me and said, yeah, you should keep the kid in here. I think he's doing a pretty good job. And so that's basically how that happened was uh, I was filling in for a while and got comfortable with Pat. He got comfortable with me, and they decided to keep me in there, and it ended up being a little over 10 years. Uh, Don, uh, two Nobleton sites are, are gone now, Tower Burgers and Nobleton Family <laughs> Restaurant. I've noticed that. You've noticed um, that. <laughs> well, Naz, you, you forgot the preamble to that is uh, what the listeners may not know is that, Don, Don, you're a Nobleton boy, and uh, my buddy here, Naz, is a Nobleton boy, so I'm I'm in between two Nobleton boys today. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not a bad spot to be, Wally. To yeah, I know it's truth. not. No, of course not. A lot of class with Nobleton people. Yeah, I noticed Tower Burger's gone. I have still have a picture of me. Uh, with the Intelaware Cup from about <laughs> seven or eight years ago, the industrial league I played on, and uh, uh, I happened to be on the winning team. And I do mean that, happened to be on the winning team because I'm a terrible hockey player. But they gave me the cup for a day, like they do the Stanley Cup, and I took it to Nobleton, and I have a picture of me standing in front of Tower Burger. So I'm, I'm chagrined that it's gone. I'm, it's, that's sad. But you know what? Time marches on. Yeah, time does march on. Uh, CFL Argos this year. 
they've they've come out uh, pretty good in the first couple of games. They look pretty impressive. What are your what are your thoughts? It's surprising, I think, because uh, I think people, sports fans, are aware that the Argonauts have a terrible schedule this season. They have had one for the last few years, but this one in particular, with the Blue Jays' home stands coinciding with the Pan Am Games activities, they've had to start basically on the road their first five games. Their first game was actually a home game that got moved to, believe it or not, Fort McMurray, Alberta. They did everything they could to make it a home game. They even took me out there to do the uh, public address announcing. Wow, that's they, great. Yeah, I mean, so they, they tried to make the, the team as comfortable as possible. It's a team with a lot of changes, a, new receivers. Uh, they have a lot of rookie receivers in the lineup. They have a lot of rookie defensive backs in the lineup. And, of course, they don't have the quarterback. Ricky Ray, one of the greats for the last 10 or 15 years, he's still rehabbing a, a shoulder injury and surgery that he had uh, last fall. So uh, Trevor Harris has stepped in. He's played well. They had a surprising win at Fort McMurray. They had an even more surprising win when they came from behind to beat Saskatchewan last weekend, and they're off to a 2-0 and start. And I think a lot of Argo followers, the, the close Argos followers, would tell you that if they won two or three of these five games, they'd be very happy. So they pretty much accomplished their mission in surprising fashion so far. Don, we're of course talking to Don Landry, uh, former uh, former co-host of the morning show, a morning uh, show on uh, the Fan 590 for a lot of time with Pat Marsden and with, with Gord Stellick. Um, I want to ask you, Don, you were, you, were, uh, you were part of one of the most popular sports talk radio shows in Canada for a long period of time. And... Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll unabashedly say I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your show and uh, don't want to get into personal criticism of what I listened to. I'm a big fan of primetime sports with Bob McCowan. Uh, I like Tim and Sid. I don't have a problem with them. Um, there's others others that I, I could be very critical about. I choose not to do that uh, on a personal basis this morning. But... Uh, do you listen to sports talk radio uh, in the Toronto area these days, and uh, what's your opinion of it? Well, it, there's certainly much more of it than there was, obviously, with a second all-sports station in the market. And I think, which is the same with, with, with pretty much any product out there, is there's good and there's bad, and it's a very personal thing. I have my favorites. I have uh, those that I'd rather not listen to or just choose not to. They they, they, they don't uh, really uh, make me want to listen for whatever reason. And again, like you, I don't want to get into, you know, naming names and things like that. But And that's perfectly understandable. I mean, during my time at the fan, I had, you know, half the people come up and say, we love your show. And the other half wouldn't come up to you and say they hated your show or they didn't like you, but they'd certainly let you know about it on Twitter uh, or through an email or something like that. And so, I'm philosophical about it because I think even the greatest, and you know, you guys have heard this too. You can name some of the great, great, great sportscasters of all time out there, and you are still going to find no shortage of people who say, "Ah, I didn't really care for them all that much." It's a very subjective thing, and it's very difficult for one person or a team of people to universally be accepted by most everyone without finding someone somewhere that says, no, that's just not for me. 
And so and I think that's where we are right now with Toronto Sports Radio is uh, there are some great broadcasters and some great shows and some not-so-great broadcasters and some not-so-great shows and some personnel decisions that make you shake your head. Yeah, a few recent ones, but I don't want to get it. Don, I've got to ask you, you know, you were uh, you were on the air for uh, quite a long time, and you're still a young man. There's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you've got an incredible future still ahead of you, and some of it may be back in Sports Talk Radio. We don't know what the future holds, and if you, if you end up on a show somewhere where I can listen to, certainly I'll be listening in, but I've got to ask you, in your 10 or uh, how many years you were on, 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 uh, on uh, the morning show, what was, your, uh, what was your most enjoyable part about doing that show? The most enjoyable part. Um, that's a that's a great question. It's a tough one. It's one that I've occasionally been asked, and uh, I don't know if I come up with a different answer every time or if I just have a hard time nailing it down. Um, there's there's something different about morning show radio, and it's I don't know what exactly it is. Maybe it's because there are only a few of you coming in, and in the winter it's dead dark, or you know even in the summer it's just very early in the morning and things are quiet and still, and you're you're getting the jump on the day for, with everybody. But, but beyond that, I think with morning show radio, um, more so than any other day part, there's a team kind of vibe. There's a camaraderie. There's, there, there are a lot of different elements that go into it. We were asked to talk about sports, to be serious about the serious things, but also to have fun and do comedy bits and just kind of screw around. So uh, I think that's the greatest thing about morning radio is that you have this great breadth to show off all kinds of different uh, pieces of knowledge and different skill sets, if you will, and just basically have fun. I've, uh, that at least that was the mandate that Nelson Millman gave to us when you know the whole ten years I was there it was just you know try and be as intriguing as possible. And being intriguing is, is is a byproduct, I think, of just having fun yourselves. If you're enjoying the show, hopefully other people come along for the ride. So I'd say that's probably. The best thing about morning radio, the worst thing, of course, is the hours. <laughs> Don, I have to ask you to do this one thing just before we sign off with you. Um, you're, you're, the first time you met Don Cherry, your Don Cherry story, that is uh, hilarious. <laughs> and I want the listeners that listen to this. It's, it's incredible. Well, I had never met Don Cherry, but I had done many, many bits on the air impersonating Don Cherry, and it's something that I was, I really had fun doing and loved doing for many, many years. So I had done it for, I don't know, maybe a year or two. We'd been doing a lot of Don Cherry bits. I'd never met him. I knew he was coming into the station, I think on Mondays to, to tape his, his daily show, and he'd do a bunch of episodes. Now, one day, I guess he came in a little bit earlier than usual. It wasn't to, to find me necessarily, but I guess since he was in, he was asking people about me, and I'm at one end of the hall, and I see him down at the other end of the hall, and I yell down to him, Mr. Jerry, because I'd never met him before. And um, I start walking towards him, and he just points at me and starts walking toward me, and he just starts going, are you the guy that's going on <laughs> and making me look like uh, like I'm all funny and stuff, and I don't know what's going on and stuff? And uh, he starts walking toward me, and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm really in a lot of doo-doo here. And, and I go, well, you know, Mr. Cherry, it's just that we do a lot of fun stuff. And he goes, no, 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 are you the guy that's pretending he's me on the air all the time and doing all those comedy bits, they say? And I go, yeah, I, that's me, sir. And I'm ready for both barrels and just to be torn down. And he just shoots his hand out and says, put it there. Those are pretty great. Keep it up there. That's great stuff, fella. I love it. I love it. So I was completely relieved and uh and, and beyond that he he came in to co-host a few times we became uh you know peas in a pod i think and i loved it whenever he came in to co-host and he was 
terrific to me over the years. It started there and it never ended. Whenever we called Don Sherry, he was going to come on and uh, and he was going to have fun with us and he was going to get it and he was going to you know give us great information and just enjoy it. But that first day, for a few moments there, I thought I'm going to get decked by Don Sherry. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, Don, we've uh, we think uh, we've we've hit our curfew with uh, with with this interview, and uh, we've overextended our welcome on your precious uh, on your precious Sunday morning. Certainly, it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun for us to catch up with you. We uh, a heartfelt uh, miss you. We really do. Uh, had uh, a lot of pleasant memories of some great shows you did with uh, with Pat and uh, and with Gord. And uh, all I can say is sincerely, thanks so much for joining us this morning. And we certainly hope we can do this again real soon. Thanks for joining us. Well, you know what, guys? I've had a blast. And uh, any time, and that's not just because Naz is from Nobleton, <laughs> yeah. although it helps. <laughs> okay. uh, listen, Naz, Wally, uh, a pleasure this morning. And uh, give me a call anytime. All the best with the show. We will, Don. And the pleasure's been all ours. Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks, Don. Cheers. Cheers. That, of course, was uh, Don Landry. And certainly uh, it's... Good to hear from him. Uh, he did some. Uh, didn't uh, didn't I really wanted to ask him to do his Jerry Howarth imitation because I know that's that's part of uh, part of what what you do as well, Naz. You're an imitation guy, uh, so uh, I would have loved to have seen. Well, sorry, not seen. I would have loved to have heard dueling Jerry Howarths. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that'll, certainly that'll, we'll, we'll get that'll Don. come down someday. Maybe we'll get, we'll get we'll, Don in here. And we'll, we'll get do Don in studio. And we'll extend an invitation. We'll get him in so you guys can do your dueling Jerry Howarth imitations. Anyways, that was that, that was a lot of fun and great to see that Don's Don's doing well and still involved uh, still involved in in a lot of different things. So uh, uh, thanks again. Uh, Thanks again, Don Landry. Anyways, uh, we're hoping to have uh, Jeff Johnson on the phone uh, shortly. Uh, we're waiting for his call. But uh, uh, before we, uh, while we're trying to get him on the call, there's something that came up in the sports uh, world in the last couple of days uh, that uh, got me thinking and uh, got me a little bit upset. Uh, of course, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, the passing of one of the all-time greats in the NFL, Kenny Stabler. And... Uh, we certainly uh, w- uh, wish uh, what a quarterback that guy was. Certainly, what wow. a quarterback, and we're sad to hear of his passing. And that's certainly not not that part of it's not what upset me. It was upset me that afterwards uh, it came out. I was I was flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted, to hear that Ken Stabler is not in the Football Hall of Fame. I I just I I can't. I can't fathom that. Oh, he's he's definitely up there with the, the uh, and How Kenny Stabler is not in the Football Hall of Fame is beyond me. I mean, I have I have incredible memories of uh, of of Kenny Stabler from the from the that those great those great iconic uh, Oakland A's te- uh, Oakland A's Oakland Raider teams of the 1970s. He was the he was a uh, what they used to call a gunslinger in the mold of uh, you know John Brody and Fran Tarkington. Uh, Super Bowl victory, uh, NFL MVP, best player in the league, I believe, in 1974, Pro Bowler throughout the 1970s, the only, the only quarterback from any Super Bowl victory team in the 1970s who is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I am I missing something, Naz? Did, did something get lost no, in I the agree last? With you. I think he should. Did have been something in the Hall get lost in the last 30, 40 years? You know, Ken a, Stabler not in the football? That's a travesty. Well, it's he, an absolute travesty. Well, you're going to find that in every sport, though. That there's guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, and you don't understand why. You got it. You have it in hockey. You have it in baseball. 
with Tim Raines. You have it in hockey with Eric Lindros. You have it in football with uh, Kenny Stabler. So it does happen, but I don't understand that one. That one, to me, he was a terrific quarterback, a great quarterback. And one of the uh, one of the first scrambling quarterbacks with Fran Tarkenton. He was John Elway before there was a John Elway, which yeah. had 23 fourth-quarter comebacks for victories. And a lefty. And a, and lefty. a lefty to boot. And just the, the Oakland A's were one of the dynasty teams of the – I call it the golden age of NFL football was the 1970s. You had, you had probably four or five what I call dynasty teams, yeah. like all-world teams, teams for the ages, the Steelers. The Raiders, the Chiefs, the Dolphins. Um, I could go on and on. The Cowboys. Yep. I mean, you know, you had Bradshaw and Staubach and all these incredible greats. And Stabler was, was in the mix of it with those guys. I don't know how he got overlooked. I really don't. Anyways, uh, we, we'd certainly, uh, you know, we'd certainly love in the future to get a hold of somebody at the Oakland, uh, somebody who played with Kenny Stabler, Stabler and talk about that. And perhaps that's something we can pursue in the coming weeks. But we've got on the line with us this morning, back for his second, uh, second go-around on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Of course, we're talking about Jeff Johnson. Jeff is the uh, co-anchor uh, doing, uh, doing the Argo games on TSN 1050 radio. And uh, Jeff, uh, good morning. We know that you're in Calgary and we know you're up early. And uh, we thank you so much for uh, for coming on the air with us this morning. How are you, hey, Wally Naz? Uh, great to be on the show this morning. I'm doing great. It's uh, a, a little bit of a wet morning out here in Calgary. A little thunderstorm, but uh, it should hopefully clear up for tomorrow for a great football game. Jeff, are the Argos for real? You know what, Naz? I I think they are for real. I, you know, I, there was a lot of question marks with as we all know, with uh, the quarterback situation. How was Trevor Harris going to do? Um, you know, we saw a little bit of him last year, and when he got in, he was successful. Um, when the Argos needed a game late in the season and needed a win, he went out there and, and he got the job done. Uh, when he first came into the with the organization uh, about four years ago, along with Zach Kalaros, and he was a rookie, they were both in training competing, and at that time, Myself, along with many others, when we came out of uh, preseason, we felt that uh, Trevor was was the better quarterback. It was a very close margin, but you know some players felt that he was the better quarterback. But when you really broke down the numbers, Zach was a little more proficient scoring touchdowns, and uh, ultimately that was decision why Zach ended up playing that season um, instead of Trevor Harris when Ricky Ray got hurt. Uh, that would have been the 2013 season, and. And here we are, you know, there was a lot of surprise, a lot of question marks about how Trevor was going to do. And because of what I'd seen and understanding how he's learning in Milanovic's system, I knew he was going to be successful. And uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Their styles are completely different, Ricky Ray and Harris. Um, I find yeah. I find he's got a lot of poise for a young quarterback, though. He sits in the pocket and doesn't uh, release the ball until the last minute. That's uh, Harris. I'm really impressed with him. Yes, he does. Uh, well, the way Milanovic coaches it and the way Ricky Ray is an absolute student of it, and he would be talking to Trevor Harris about it every day, is uh, the, being disciplined with their progressions. And they understand that often so well, and they're able to go through their reads very quickly, make that decision. So they're, you know, they're doing their one, they're doing their two, they're doing their three. And the way the system is designed is that that third read is often a, you know, a, an under route or you know, a running back check down. Um, 
is often right in front of the quarterback's line of vision from where the second read was. It's just, you know, right in front of his eyes. And uh, just, it it floors me. Uh, um, You know, over my 14-year football career, uh, the way the system is coached up, it's coached up very well, and quarterbacks that learn under the system will be successful. And I believe, uh, you know, a lot of it came from the way Tressman groomed quarterbacks and the way he taught the game with them. And, and Trevor Harris, yeah, they are they are different. Uh, they are similar in the way they both work through the progressions the way they're supposed to. Um, I do like uh, Trevor is a little more, uh, you know, he's got a little more emotion. Um, and when he, you know, when, when things are moving, he'll, he'll get fired up out there. But uh, it's very exciting to see the success that he's been having thus far. Uh, we're, of course, talking to Jeff Johnson. Jeff is a co-anchor on TSN uh, Radio doing the Toronto Argo Games uh, on radio and uh, out in Calgary for the game tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, uh, Jeff, a uh, long-time Toronto, former Toronto Argonaut and, I guess, former Toronto uh, Hamilton Ticat. Uh, Argos have done something I think they haven't done, in, uh, which is very difficult to do, is go out west and win a couple of games. And uh, What an incredible game against Saskatchewan. That was... Uh, if if you if if fans weren't entertained by that game, uh, they better start watching another sport. I mean, that was just an incredible <laughs> game to watch. Uh, and of course, the game before that against Edmonton, which was the Fort McMurray experiment. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how it how that whole Fort McMurray uh, um, expedition worked out, and uh, and, and uh, forty nine hundred people. Uh, what were your what were your impressions of uh, taking the game to Fort McMurray? I like how you snuck in the 4,900 people there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, it was interesting. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure some of the, uh, the reason 4,900 people had to do is that the the town was not booming the way they were hoping that it would be. Um, I guess uh, there was a lot of factors that came into play and the, the Argos were looking for a place to, to play their home opener and Rogers center wasn't available and, they couldn't go to Commonwealth and, you know, they were looking down east and the east coast wasn't the right place. And um, I guess Fort McMurray um, said, hey, guys, why don't you come up here? We've got a stadium and we'd love to have you. So up we went uh, into Alberta to play against Edmonton for the for the home opener. And, I mean, it was, uh, it was you know, the people were very welcoming. The community was great. Uh, what I did not like, though, is that there were only 4,900 people in the stands. I think there could have been a better, maybe a better job done by um, – perhaps, you know, the league or whoever the powers are that uh, just to get the right, just to fill the place up and, and create that atmosphere. But it was, it's still, you know, considering there was 4,900 people, it was a great atmosphere that the crowd was, was going crazy. A lot of people traveled all across Canada to get to the game. Uh, you know, and so the Argos and Edmonton had a lot of support there and uh, it ended up being a great game. Unfortunately, Mike Riley went down, um, which we've kind of seen this trend of quarterbacks being snake bitten early this season. Um, but, uh, you know, considering that, it uh, still ended up being a, a solid game, and the Argos got off to a very strong start, and we saw, you know, Trevor Harris, and we also saw what the Argos defense was capable of. So um, it just kind of sets set the stage, I think, for, for a good run with the, the Argos being on the road this entire start of the season here. Jeff, you're around the football club quite a bit now. Uh, what's their uh, feeling like on the anticipation of going to BMO Field next year? Well, they're pumped. The entire organization is, is beyond excited uh you know and you know i get pretty kind of almost choked up inside when you know i i saw it finally come together because you know i was a part of the organization for a long time and um for 12 years we were with a lot of uncertainty you know we 
the ownership changes and you know we we knew for the most part we were going to be at Rogers Center but uh, there was just there was a lot of questions in the air there was you know the period there with uh, um, uh, Howard Sokolowski and David Cinnamon where the Argos potentially were going to move up to York and then maybe up to the U of T area and <laughs> there was all sorts of stuff happening. Um, but the the organization is very, very excited. The future looks bright. I think it, it looks brighter than it's ever looked for the Argo organization and um, probably since uh, they were at Exhibition Place. Uh, and and, uh, and the players are just, you know, for them, you, you, you know, you ask them uh, about the future and they're very excited. You know, the guys that were at that uh, introduction, you know, got a, an opportunity to be on the field and walk around and, and just get a feel for what the atmosphere could be like. They're very excited. Like Chad Owens is beyond the moon. And, uh, but for the other players, it's, you know, day to day, we we've got this season to take care of. We've got this season to be successful. And I think the success this season is going to really help with the way 2016 kicks off. You know, if the Argos have a winning season this year, then there's going to be a positive vibe in the media. And, uh, you know, at least some things are moving in the right direction in the locker room that can parlay into a successful start into their new home in 2016. Uh, Jeff, we're t- Jeff Johnson, who's an analyst on uh, TSN Toronto, uh, 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 Toronto Argonaut radio broadcasts. Uh, Jeff, we had you on the show uh, a while back talking about the Argos, and one of the points I was making, and Naz and I were both making, we were huge CFL fans, and uh, we're excited, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I wanted a reason to become a Toronto Argonaut fan again, and certainly in the first two games, and certainly watching that last game, they've certainly given me a reason to become more involved, and I'm certainly going to keep a close eye on this season, but one thing I noticed in that Saskatchewan game, uh, yep. Jeff, I, I absolutely adore their new uniforms, the the all-whites. Apparently, awesome. uh, the this is the first time the Toronto Argonauts have gone all-white since the 1960s, and uh, I certainly love the look. I've, I've got to tell you, I think it looks great, and I envision myself purchasing a, a number 22 Toronto Argonaut uh, sweater, emblematic of my favorite Toronto Argonaut of all time. A little bit before your time, Jeff Johnson, Dick Shadow. Yep. I don't know oh, if you. Awesome. I don't know if you remember that name, but, yeah, but uh, Jeff wore Bill Simons' sweater, so <laughs> number 33. thirty-three. We'll be doing thirty-three, 33. for you, Jeff. Not but for Bill uh, I, 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 I love the all-white experiment. I, I thought those unis looked good, and uh, certainly they, uh, they, uh, they had an awesome game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and uh, and uh, certainly we hope that uh, we hope the season keeps going that way. Um, it look, it looks very positive, and. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the strengths of the coach, Scott Milanovic. Uh, well, Scott is uh, he's a he's a comprehensive football coach. He gets it. He understands not only the X's and O's, but he understands his players. And that's a difficult thing, I think, for you know a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches, uh, you know, will be fixated on the X's and O's of the game and their system. Um, but Milanovic, you know, he has a very good system, and it's very specific. And yet, he can make it fluid based on his players and also read his players and, you know, on a day-to-day basis and give them, you know, give them a break or give them um, something that they need to make them, to help them buy into what he's trying to do. And, uh, you know, I, I love the way he runs the, his, uh, his meetings, they're very interactive with quarterbacks, receivers. This is from obviously from an offensive side. Um, you know, he engages the players on 
feedback, you know, and then you get once he engages the QBs, he engages the receivers, and the QBs start to engage the receivers. And it's a very open dialogue. And then when you kind of witness that, and then you see why Trevor Harris, who's never had any reps in practice, can step into a game and be successful. Of course, we've you been know. talking to uh, Jeff Johnson. Jeff, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us again. And we know it's early out in Calgary, so uh, you had to get up a bit early to uh, to uh, join us on the show this morning. We sincerely appreciate it, and uh, we'll certainly be listening and watching the Argos uh, tomorrow night. And uh, I wish them all the best. Thanks so much for joining us, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, fellas. I really appreciate you having me on again, and uh, have a great uh, day and the rest of the weekend. Thanks so Thanks, much, Jeff. That, of course, was Jeff Johnson. Uh, uh, certainly an, uh, a positive start from the Argos, Naz. Are you getting excited? Yeah, very positive. Very positive. The organization is excited about BMO Field for next year. A very positive situation in Toronto. It's going to be great. As they say, this may be the TSN turning point in the uh, Toronto Argonaut franchise. They've got a good team this year. It's been exciting. You know, they're going to BMO Field. They've got stable ownership. Uh, all the pieces are put being put in place to... Uh, see a resuscitation of the Toronto Argonaut franchise. So uh, it'd be great if there was a buzz in the city again about the CFL. Oh, there will be going into the new stadium for sure. Hopefully. Anyways, we're going to break. Uh, as soon as we're back from break, we will be talking to Sean Clement. Of course, Sean, last week, in the last few weeks, been voted one of the top 10 golf teachers in the world. And we're thrilled to have him back. We'll be back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... Uh, someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North deck systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Shortly, we'll be going to Sean Clement. Sean, of course, of wisdomingolf.com and Sean Clement on YouTube. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We'll be taking calls in the last few minutes of the show. Sean, are you with us this morning? I am here, guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic. How are you doing? We want to ask you about the British Open. The British Open introduces a certain type of golf, and it's a type of golf that's played sometimes in high winds. And uh, certainly that may involve a different approach to the game. And you've got some ideas and some observations about how golfers can prepare about playing in the wind. Let us, uh, let us hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, when you watch the British Open, you'll notice the, a, a very different rhythm and a very different strain level in the golf swing. Uh, they always say you swing with ease into the breeze, and uh, that is uh, apt, that rings absolutely true because the harder you swing, the more compression you impart on the ball, the more the ball will balloon. And uh, if the ball balloons into high winds, especially uh, when there's uh, gorse around, it's not a pretty sight. So, so you're going to see a lot of low-flying golf balls, a lot, of, uh, a lot of, you know, when you swing with ease, you take a lot of spin off the ball, and you get these beautiful little knuckle balls that pierce into the wind. And because the terrain is so different, there's a lot more rolling going on. So, you know, the rolling can, can play in your favor, and it, and it can also uh, go against you. Uh, there's a heck of a lot more roll, so you're going to see a lot more creativity around the greens. And for a lot of uh, a lot of the, the players around the world that are not used to uh, uh, links golf, many of them at first don't really like the experience because it is radically different from the kind of golf we know here. Um, myself at the Richmond Hill Golf Club, we have a very very plush conditions over there. And uh, you get very little roll on the ball, so it's it's very target oriented and it's ball flight oriented. Where there, it's a lot more rolling and using the terrain, and and uh, you know even you'll you'll see on on hole number seventeen around the green, uh, they're gonna they're gonna see a few ricochet shots or off the wall there and doing some pinball action. Of course, we're talking to Sean Clement. Sean, uh, you've talked about uh, uh, hitting into the wind. Sometimes you get these gale force winds and. Uh, the uh, amateurs certainly think the best way of dealing with that is to hit the ball as hard as you can. And, of course, you've just, you've just explained to our listeners that that's, that's really not the best strategy. The best strategy is to 
hit in rhythm and not over hit and uh that's right and and balance plays a huge role as well because if if you swing ever so slightly off balance if you've got a four club wind and uh, howling at your back or right into your chest it, it's very very easy to fall off balance so you're going to see uh certain players where if they fall off balance it's like you have to hurry up and hit the ball before you miss it type thing so uh, you're going to see errant shots from out-of-balance conditions as well. I want to go to your tip of the week uh, really, really quickly, Sean. Uh, it's a tip that uh, you work on with your students. And and if any listeners out there want, to, want a personal lesson from uh, from Sean Clement, he can be found at the Richmond Hill Learning Center at Bathurst and Highway 7. Or, of course, he's got some great material online. But you use an eyes-closed Drill. Tell us. Tell us really quickly about uh, your eyes closed drill and how that helps your students. Absolutely, because you know, for for a lot of people, when they look down at the ball, they see a golf ball, and there's a hit reflex when it comes to the golf ball. And you know, it, it, to, to put the ball in the air and to get good contact with the ball, what you need to do is cut grass, and we've talked about that in previous shows. So the best way to do that to, to get rid of that hit impulse is. You get set up, use your eyes to set up to the ball and, and really feel like you're in balance on your feet and close your eyes. And actually, before you do that, before going to the ball, just close your eyes and do a few swings back and, and forth and feel the sole of the club brush the grass at ground level and then see where that passes and then have somebody put a ball on a tee right there and then close your eyes again and just focus on the sole of the club cutting through the grass. And you'll be amazed at how solid you're going to you're going to strike the ball. We've been talking to uh, Sean Clement. Uh, Sean Clement, check him out. Wisdomandgolf.com. Check him out on YouTube. His tip of the week: Try it out there, uh, listeners. Try practice swings with your eyes closed. You'll be amazed at the feelings that you get. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, have a fantastic week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great British Open, everybody. We sure will. Thanks. Of course, that was Sean Clement. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. We want to take that call right away. We've got a few minutes left. Anybody else want to give us a call? 416-360-0740. 1-866-740-4740. Give us a call. We've got a few minutes left. Mike from Hamilton, what's on your mind this morning? Well, hey, Wally. Naz, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Just wanted to say, I noticed you were talking about Ken Stabler uh, having passed away. Yes. Um, basically, unfortunately, I remember watching a game back in about 1974, December. You may remember the Sea of Hands game, the Sea of Hands that play. Was the, that was the Dolphins, wasn't it? Yeah, they were, they were trying to become the, uh, a three-peat. Uh, they, were, they were trying to become the first team ever to win three straight Super Bowls. And uh, they were in Oakland, and I recall... Um, the, the Raiders, I, I believe, uh, eked it out at the end. It was a game where um, Kuchenberg, Bob Kuchenberg was saying, Dolphin guard, that the two best teams in the league were probably playing that day. And that I think the, uh, the Raiders emerged 28-26 winners. Uh, they, they, they scored four t- touchdowns uh, of a freaky-type nature. And that was... Uh, it was, it was just a just a. It was a great uh, Mike. I remember that. I remember that game distinctly. Uh, the Ra- the Raiders, of course, were the, considered the evil empire in the, in the nineteen seventies. They had those, they had those uh, uh, 
those uh, black and sooty gray uniforms that nobody liked, and they were certainly the almost uh, Darth Vader like. Uh, so they certainly weren't the most well liked team. And the Miami Dolphins were, uh, as you said, coming off a couple of Super Bowls and. Uh, the Raiders, uh, Raiders knocked them out uh, in, in that game and uh, didn't win the Super Bowl that year. I think I think that was the year the Raiders got knocked out by by Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. And then, but you know, Stabler won the Super Bowl a couple years later uh, against the Miami uh, Miami, the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, we certainly appreciate your call, Mike. Thanks so much for calling in and uh, sharing your memories of uh, one of the great games of all time. Naz, you remember that game? Yeah, I do, and uh, I remember Stabler had his scrambling best that afternoon. Yeah, sure. uh, certainly the the Dolphins were going for the three peat, and uh, that it was Stabler's uh, moment of magic that uh, right at the end of the game that uh, that uh, took the took the victory away from the Dolphins. Uh, we've got a few minutes left. We can probably squeeze in another call if you want to give us a call four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six Seven four zero, four seven four zero. We were talking really quickly there with uh, with uh, Sean Clement about playing in the British Open, and of course, the big story starting into the British Open this week is that young man, that incredible young man, Jordan Spieth. Uh, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Naz. I think he shot a sixty-one yesterday, 61 didn't he? Sixty-one yesterday at the and, John Deere. And today is the anniversary of his first. Tour win. Can you believe that? What he's done in the past year is absolutely incredible. Yeah, 21 years old. And, uh, of course, he's going for the Grand Slam of golf, which uh, hasn't been done, I guess, in theory, since Bobby Jones did it in uh, in the 30s. But Tiger Woods does take credit for a variation of the Grand Slam, which they call the Tiger Slam. Uh, which is uh, he's he had all four majors at one time. At one time, Ca- of course, Tiger did it over two calendar years. I guess officially, if there is such a concept of an official Grand Slam, you're supposed to do it in one calendar year. But uh, certainly, I'll I'll give Tiger credit. You got four of them on your mantle at the same time as he said. Uh, I I think I think you've done. Spieth's won the first two, and uh, he's got the British Open this week at St Andrews. And I heard this morning that the weather is not going to be a factor. The winds are going to be low all week. So there's going to be a bit of rain, but uh, low winds, which I think favors Spieth. I think it favors Spieth, but, you know, Spieth, uh, Spieth, Spieth, Spieth showed in the uh, U.S. Open at Chambers Bay that he can play on these uh, unusual-type golf courses with all these crazy bounces and, and whatever, link style, if that's what you want to call Chambers Bay. I mean, he was successful there. Uh, Tiger Woods was quoted as saying he's never seen St. Andrews in, in such conditions. Uh, apparently it's soft. The greens are holding. Um, the So will Tiger shoot better than 80 on the first day? Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly... Uh, I'm joking. I'm you know, joking. I, you know, I'd, like I, to have ti- I'd like to see Tiger like to Woods Tiger, back. You know, I'd love to see Tiger back. You know, I'd, I'd really... I mean, it would be an incredible story uh, if Tiger Woods won the British Open, although... Got to be careful what you call it. If you call it the British Open, people over there are offended. It's the Open Championship. The Open, the open, the open yeah. Championship. Uh, certainly would be an incredible story if uh, if Tiger Woods. Anyways, my producer has buzzed into my ear that we've run out of time. Uh, we thank Don Landry and Jeff Johnson and Sean Clement and Naz. And to all our listeners, uh, have a fantastic week, and we'll be back here again 
next Sunday morning. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.